Welcome to episode 254. When you're around food, do you feel that all rational thought goes out the window and you might be putting chocolate in your mouth as you literally say to yourself, I shouldn't be doing this, but I am and I don't even care. (laughs) The truth often is that if you're saying that, then, well, you really do care and you're trying to surrender to your inability to control yourself. If this describes you, then this episode is going to be a massive help because you need to understand first and foremost the drivers behind that seemingly out of control situation so that you can start reining it in without feeling any FOMO and being in control, which is a much better place to be, I might add. So let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. Hey, what's up, my healthy friends? I'm glad that you're here today. And today's big question is, why does food control me? Like, that is a big question. And fundamentally, one of the things that leads to the massive overconsumption that the modern world basically is victim to, which then leads to all of the diseases, because we now know through research that obesity is one of the predictors of cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, dementia, the list goes on of different diseases. And that's why I personally got so passionate about nutrition, because I thought, if I can help people eat correctly, then the likelihood that they'll end up with a disease is extremely low. And the literature supports that claim as well, is that if we can eat well, we can produce some really, really amazing health results. Sleep is a part of it. Stress is a part of it, of course. There's a lot of other factors, but I believe for most people, nutrition is one of the most important pillars that they need to focus on in order to prevent illness and disease, along with all of the others, which is why in 2023, it's my mission to coach 500 people to stop the binge eating and savage self-talk cycle so they can lose weight whilst feeling in control and without restriction along the way because shifting that body fat percentage in the right direction is going to be crucial for your long-term health. And we know that you know as we let things go longer and longer, as we get older and older, it becomes harder and harder to be able to make some of those changes because we're just so far down the rabbit hole. So whatever age you are today, let this be your reminder. In 2023, make it your mission to get on top of this stuff. But we also need to fundamentally understand why it's so hard to say uh, no to food and to be able to create space and, and understand why we feel out of control with our food. Why do we feel like a victim to food? Now, the reality is that you've probably been somewhere where you walked into a service station or you went to a gas station, depending which country you live in, and you know you felt like the food was just talking to you, or your fast food, or you open your phone and you just could, you couldn't stop. You're just Uber Eats and ordering all of the things, and you go to the supermarket. And no matter what what you do at the supermarket or which way you walk around, you still end up in the chocolate aisle, or you know, no matter what Friday or Saturday night. Is get whatever's going on on those evenings, you still end up getting a six pack of beer or a couple of bottles of wine. And you're like, oh, I feel so out of control of my food. Why is this? Why is this? Now, there's a couple of reasons for this, right? Number one is the fact that you're a human that is wired to consume food because we have for many thousands of years eaten without the knowledge of where the next meal might come from. We might know how to go about getting it, but that's a high risk situation. We might need to go and hunt or we might need to go and you know, pick and gather and figure out what is in our vicinity or do we need to move the whole community to another place in order to access food. But there was an unknown variable 
of when is food coming? And for most of human history, for most people, apart from those in privileged families and wealthy families and royalty and that kind of thing, they always knew that they had plenty of food. But for many people, they didn't know where the next meal was coming from. And that could have been because they didn't have enough money or resources or, you know, simply because the physical food hadn't been caught yet. So there's a real evolutionary biology component to that drive to overconsume and be controlled by food because, you know, we probably have been controlled by food our entire lives because it dictated whether or not the species was continued on. We procreated, we had babies because we need the food to give us energy to have the body and the confidence and the wellness to be able to have a baby with someone and then we need to feed the baby. So it makes sense from that standpoint why food might control you, right? But we are now in an era, if you're listening to this podcast, where food is everywhere and it's ultra cheap, at least in the most of the Western world. And so we've got this conundrum where we've got this deep evolutionary drive to eat and go towards food but also the sort of mental knowledge that overconsuming consuming uh, is not a good idea. Plus, all of these foods are scientifically manipulated in laboratories to trigger parts of your brain that lead to overconsumption and addiction. And they use psychologists and they use brain engineers and neuroscientists in order to be able to get you to be hyper-addicted to some of these foods and the flavors. So we've got one side, which is the element that, you know, you've got that evolutionary a biological drive of being a human animal. And so you're controlled by food in that way. And then you've got this multi-billion dollar industry, which has all of the knowledge and science and resources to be able to manipulate and tap into that evolutionary part of you that is wired to be able to consume for energy, to prepare for the famine that's coming, whether it be winter or whether, whether it just be not being able to access food at this particular time. And so we're in this situation where, shit, it's so hard. Because once you start with addictive substances that produce dopamine, so dopamine is your happy hormone neurotransmitter that makes you feel good. We've got dopamine, we've got serotonin, there's a few others in there too. And when we have these foods, because they're so manipulated, we have an absolute over-experience. And what I mean by over-experience is that we have an experience that is so far over the top of what it should be. And our dopamine, we experience so much dopamine that we're like, oh my God, it felt so good, I have to go back there. And remember, we're wired for an environment where we can't go back there because we ate it all and we, now we need to hunt again. Whereas now we're in a situation where we can just keep going back into the bag, back into the bag, back into the bag, back into the bag. Or when you run out, just pick up your phone and make an order. So it's really challenging to get on the other side of these biological evolutionary mechanisms which have been hardwired into your DNA since the first human walked the earth. Whatever you believe that to be, it was either 2,000 or 50,000 or a million years ago, depending on whatever you believe about humans, but it's been the entire time is my point. Right, and so we've got to we've got to really understand that because when we see advertising and marketing that's got psychologists and brain engineers and all of this kind of you know software genius, which causes us to be addicted in the same way that they design poker machines and the casinos to get you addicted, they do the same thing with our food and they're tapping into that mechanism. So the number one is to be able to recognize that that is what is happening, because if you can't recognize what is happening to you then it's very difficult to get in control of it. And if your food controls you currently, then making a transition to being in control of your food is impossible if you don't understand what's actually going wrong. And so with the dopamine stuff as well, we go towards dopamine when we're lonely, when we're sad, when we need nurture, when we need love. And so whenever we want to experience a pick-me-up or a positive to get us out of the negative, 
we go towards sugary foods that trigger this evolutionary part of our brain to have an over-experience of dopamine and an over-experience of pleasure and satisfaction. And so because that feels good and we don't want to feel shit, every time we feel bad and down and out, we go towards these foods. Now, the question is, did our ancestors do that? Well, possibly. However, not much food was available. So they simply did not have the option to deal with their emotions in that way. I'm not saying that they necessarily had fantastic emotional management techniques. History suggests some of them did. History suggests some of them didn't. Maybe instead they went and were violent and horrible and and released their energy and emotions in a different way. But there's plenty of history that suggests that there are lots of ways to deal with these feelings. But because we have access, such abundant access to food, we don't even consider that there's an alternative way to manage these emotions. And this is where you know my program comes in because once we have the awareness that food is controlling us and we need to rewire that, we now need to rewire the way that we access positive states of emotion, right? Or remember, 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 (laughs) remember that not only do we go towards these foods in order to feel good, but many people go towards them nowadays because they're in such excessive abundance around us to be able to access, to numb themselves, to use them as a drug, to be able to not think clearly, to get brain fog so you don't have to think about your shitty feelings. You don't have to think about your shitty life. You don't have to think about the body that you're so terribly unhappy with or the disease you've got. You can eat enough Tim Tams or enough chocolate or drink enough wine to be so disconnected from your experience, to be so dissociated from what's happening that you use it like a drug to take you to another place. And so there's pleasure-seeking behavior, but then there's also escapism, using these foods to escape the human body escape our physical experience, escape the truth of our situation. And so both of these things can happen at the same time. We can use them for the same reasons. They can happen against one another. And depending on the way that you grew up, the way that you accessed pleasure and good things and good emotions and bad emotions is going to look different to the next person. So we need to figure out what's that story for you? Why does food control you? And how can we write a different story? How can we learn a different set of emotional management strategies that still deal with the emotion without totally having to knock you out with a sugar coma or an alcohol pass out or whatever it might be. And how can we move towards dealing with that stuff without food and getting to the other side of it and you still being okay and aware and having the courage and the confidence to navigate all of the discomfort that you're trying to avoid. And it's not a comfortable journey, but this is why food controls you. And this is why you need to find a path for it to not control you because the world is working against us. All of the knowledge and tools are available for us to overthrow these biological evolutionary mechanisms that advertising, marketing, and food companies tap into. And all of the clients I've worked with are evidence of that. And there's people, you know, managing their wellness and changing their food intake the globe over. It is the minority. I want it to be the majority. That's the whole point of this podcast. But my point is that you are more than capable. And understanding why food controls you in the beginning is the place to start on your journey to not using food as a pleasure tool, as a pain tool, or as a dissociation tool. Anyway, serious rant over. (laughs) Hope you've enjoyed the episode. Please give us a rating or review. Apple Podcast, Amazon as well. That's Amazon Music is now a big thing. Uh, So if you listen over there, that would be awesome too. Um, You know, Spotify, all that jazz. If you're enjoying this, I'd love to hear from you. Are you getting a lot out of these episodes? Uh, Please let us know because the more feedback we have, the more we can re-deliver back to you the good news, (laughs) the good stuff. Uh, Anyway, I'll catch you on the next episode. See ya. 
Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use, and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.